Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of SFC Connects, the Skills for Change's new online series, talking to Skills for Change staff about how we're managing through the choppy waters of the COVID-19 pandemic and how we've modified our services to support our clients. Today we have Vijay James with us. Vijay works with the Newcomer Entrepreneurship Hub. Skills for Change has been offering entrepreneurship programs for the past five years, and the NEH, as we call it, launched in 2018. Over the past two years of the program has garnered a tremendous amount of interest and has attracted newcomers from all backgrounds and different life experiences. Those that have had businesses in the past in their home countries or here in Canada, and currently running a business or contemplating a business venture for the future. So I'd like to welcome Vijay here today. Hi Vijay. Hey Sampada, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Doing great, it's Friday. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I thank you for being here today and um, wanted to explore a little bit more about the entrepreneurship program and uh, some of the ways that you've been navigating these changes uh, due to the pandemic and having to, um, you know, uh, not deliver the service at the actual facility at our Skills for Change office, um, but rather remotely. So thank you so much again for being here today. Before I get into those questions, though, <clears throat> just can you talk a little bit more about the program and your role with the program? Yes, thank you, first of all, for having me here to be a part of this um, discussion. As you just mentioned, um, I, I haven't been supporting the Newcomer Entrepreneurship Hub uh, for the last year. And in my role as a project specialist, I lead the Newcomer Entrepreneurship, just a program funded by the IRCC Government of Canada funder that trains newcomers and immigrants on how to do business here in Canada and how to think like an entrepreneur. In my role, I contribute by providing info sessions, connecting with clients, providing mentoring and coaching and also helping folks with employment needs. I also go out in the community and deliver workshops and entrepreneurship. This program goes for 10 weeks and it's divided as four weeks in the class, six weeks in the class learning and four weeks in the community. We have uh, an instructor-led training that goes for six weeks that covers everything that you know, need to know on how to do business here in Canada marketing and branding strategies, financial literacy for businesses, uh, how to know the taxing system of business here in Canada, and so on. And then we also go out in the community to visit incubator hubs and network with entrepreneurs. Because here in Canada, it's not about what you know, it's who you know that makes a difference. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you for that overview. So you've run a number of uh, cohorts you know, uh, over the last uh, couple of years that you've been involved in the program, you yourself and your colleague, uh, Nancy, who's our instructor for the program. Um, I know you guys had your schedule um, in terms of when the next cohort was starting, which started last week. Um, and uh, I'm assuming that you were planning on launching it in the classroom setting like any other uh, style knowing that we calendarize our cohorts um, many months in advance. What was I have so many questions like what was that? What was that whole process like having to immediately transition into a remote setting and and the second part of that question is around 
just the outreach that you had to do um, for prospective clients and clients that were interested or clients that you had already registered potentially for the program. Walk us through that process. Yeah, so when the going gets tough, the tough get going. It's not only the info session and the outreach, but also our program had to be transitioned to digital delivery. We had a marketing team play a fantastic role in promoting the NEH program on social media channels. On my part, I connected with internal programs, uh, Sparks, reaching out to them, reaching out to every point of contact individually and telling them, hey, would you mind promoting this program to your clients? Mm -hmm. and we Several of them coming back to us, people from health informatics, from women committing, connecting women program, our employment counselors, settlement counselors, all of them reached out to their clients. And in turn, we had several reports coming in. And also most importantly, I connected with our community partners. We have a huge database um, of community partners and we work with each other to help newcomers and immigrants get the best of service that the government is providing. I connected with several of these community partners and they played a huge role with referrals and introduced their clients to several of our programs and NEH being one of them. My primary engagement vehicle was emails and communication. And my service was always one-on-one, -on -one, understanding every client's individual needs, concern and expectation before registering them for the program. It sounds extensive, but also needed. So you need the support of your community partners, uh, your team, of course, the marketing team to promote. Um, what were what were some of the clients' reaction? Were they uh, averse to continue to apply for a role, a spot in the program, or were they excited? Or you know, how how was that? What did you find with the clients? That's a great question. I must say kudos to our clients and the immigrant community as a whole who have just come facing this huge pandemic, but they're rising above the COVID challenge and taking this time as an excellent opportunity to invest in themselves and to invest in the future. I would categorize our clients in four categories. Um, we have clients who have businesses, who, who have their own clients, who generate the dollar, get the revenue, but they come here and be a part of this program to streamline the business process. Some of them do not even have a business plan. We have clients who know what they want to do, but not sure how to execute it. We have clients who have no idea, but they don't want to do in a nine-to-five job. And then we also have folks who work in big industries, big corporations, and they come here to pursue their dreams. That's amazing. And um, it's great to know that the entrepreneurship program can um, help any of those clients. So you really are offering um, a different variety of resources and um, courses for them to be able to manage at whatever stage of the, their career that they they are in. So that's really, really great. Has there been a specific interest in the program because of the COVID-19 pandemic? Uh, do you think that there might be some individuals who might be um, using it as a potential uh, different, um, you know, uh, working stream or something to that regard? Oh, yes. Um, right now, um, you know, we have the luxury of time, which we never had. Uh, in our regular life, we were running around day to day and people are using this opportunity to invest in themselves and to grow and make the best use of time. Time and time doesn't wait for anyone. Um, and I see people making use of this opportunity to pursue 
the life's goal, life's mission. That's great. Um, great to hear that our clients are really engaged and interested. Um, you know, you know, uh, despite some of the other you know economic stresses that um, that they might be facing. Um, so that's really great. So uh, along those lines, uh, in terms of this kind of new economy that we might be seeing post the pandemic. Um, people are working from home uh, more, uh, you know, business models may change based on that uh, products, goods and services um, might go more, you know, there's been talk about it going more on the um, e-platforms and things like that. What, um, what has the entrepreneurship hub done, um, if you haven't already, to implement some of those pieces into the program uh, and some of the areas that you're supporting your clients uh, you know, to be able to access the uh, the service, this this program, remotely. Uh, I like to divide this, uh, my answer into sections. The first one is adopting technology to rescue us in delivering this program to our clients. We started using technology like Slack for everyday communication for collaborating with our clients. We started using Google Hangouts, which we were using already, and then we started using Zoom to see what is the best possible video conferencing infrastructure that we could use to communicate with all our clients. Some of our clients um, did not have the, the resources at their end. They are newcomers and immigrants, and uh, they are still taking the classes through their mobile phones. And then what we did was we Skills for Change has a lot of community partners that provide different sort of a service, like in terms of providing computers and hardware fields at a very low cost for newcomers. And these are exclusively available only for Skills for Change clients. Wow. And of these clients to our community partner agencies, and they are working together to, to handle this computer or laptop at a low price for our clients. So that's something we've been doing, connecting our clients. We've also, uh, one of the techno coming back to the technology, we're also using uh, another product called ClickUp for project management to help our clients provide the daily, daily assignments and then also keep a track of what's going on. One of the things that we also observed is while we, are, we, are, while we were adopting this transition to a digital delivery, some of our clients did not have the expertise uh, in terms of being technically savvy. Yeah, Initially, yeah. there was a challenge uh, with the technology not being compatible with the devices. But later when I started having a one-on-one -on -one phone calls with them, I figured mm -hmm. out it was just a technology issue it was the issue was about understanding the technology. So what I did was created a step-by-step -step documentation process by replicating screenshots of what they should be doing by taking screenshots on my own and then sending it across to them. And that was a piece of cake that helped them to actually connect with, uh, with the technology and in turn connect with us. One person that I'd like to highlight is was a French tutor and mm. she was expressing her, her inability to be in touch with the changing dynamics in the marketplace. And, it too, and, and one of the coaching advice that we gave her was, it's a great step for her to deliver a French tutoring sessions to people through digital means. And that, apart from learning entrepreneurship through our program, it's a huge stepping stone for her to also learn technology. Same for that. Wow, that's really amazing. And again, it just goes back to um, the need to be working collaboratively with other community partners um, to be able to provide this access, but also just by virtue of them learning these tools, 
uh, in the program to, to access the program, they're going to be a lot more savvy and um, ready for launching their businesses in this environment as well um, once they're ready to do so after the program is uh, over for them. So that's really fantastic. We know based on uh, some Stats Canada research that immigrants are more likely to own businesses than those born in Canada, and especially those that have been here for four years and more. Um, anecdotally, the research has suggested that immigrants do choose to be self-employed. However, a proportion of them are self-employed because of the lack of job opportunities. Uh, you know, it's higher among immigrants and, and than it is a Canadian born. Um, what potential short and long-term impacts do you see on these numbers given the pandemic? Do you think that they, you know, it could, it could uh, spike the uh, interest and uh, spike the opportunity for uh, immigrants to want to start their businesses? Yeah, this is an interesting question because this pandemic goes as a milestone in history that almost brought the world to a virtual standstill. Be it being self-employed or be it a corporate job, Canada is a land of opportunities. That's what I always tell the newcomers that I meet. Entrepreneurship has a huge impact for, for the regional growth of an, for the economy of a country and also it's tangible to other sectors like education and employment. I have some numbers here with me. About 1.2 million businesses are operating in Canada that are tagged as employers. And on an average, 95,900 businesses are created every year. As you mentioned, a Canadian-born person has the natural advantage of having the education, educational credential, network connections, and also understanding of the marketplace that gives them the edge. At the same time, both the federal and the provincial governments offer an arsenal of support for immigrants through settlement agencies like Skills for Change that offers different programs like bridging programs like health informatics, entrepreneurship hub, trades, horticulture, and more. And these programs help these immigrants to integrate into the system and also mentoring. The current situation is definitely a pushback and the waves of the impact is being felt through job losses, schools, closure of the school system, there's an impact to the economy and there's a transition of a complete work from home culture. The positives are that there are e-commerce companies that are making use of this opportunity. They're booming. They're hiring people left, right and center and companies like Amazon, Walmart, Lowe's, they're creating tens and thousands of jobs for hiring people. It's a passing of a phase, but I believe that the golden years will come again soon and we shall overcome. Thank you. And I think um, <clears throat> to your point, it seems a lot of the clients in the program will be able to use the uh, tools that they learned in the program for starting their businesses or even potentially uh, some of those e-commerce pieces, uh, you know, uh, maybe not necessarily with their own businesses, but with other companies that are moving uh, towards that, uh, that, that area. So, uh, so that's really great that they'll have these tools to be able to really, hopefully, um, fingers crossed, broaden their uh, perspective, uh, you know, uh, perspective um, job opportunities and um, uh, other areas of uh, launching their businesses. So that's great. Um, 
is there anything else that you can share about uh, the direction of the program and uh, anything that our viewers would like to know? Oh, yes. Um, uh, I just want to talk about um, this fact for businesses that with or without Corona their virus, there are several ventures that launch every year, mm -hmm. but may not get off the ground. Um, and there are businesses that fizzle off after a rock star performance. So every company has its own story to tell about their system and their strategy. And the question that every entrepreneur needs to ask for the business is, am I having the right set strategy depending on the changing dynamics of the marketplace or the changing dynamics of the entire world and the landscape that's happening right now? The entire world right now is combating the coronavirus disease and Canada is facing the worst economic downturn in decades. This large scale disruption also gives birth to being innovative and creates tremendous opportunities to support local businesses and also our local communities. So businesses need to rise up and provide their goods and services to local communities. We have no choice in this matter because supply of goods is getting hampered, but businesses that take strides to adapt to this unprecedented situation will be the ones that come to the top. I must say that the government of Canada and the provincial government they're going out of the way to create an ecosystem that will help all kinds of businesses to survive irrespective of the sector. That's really great. Thank you for that um, the, um, the, that information. And, um, and I do agree that uh, now is the time uh, that businesses uh, you know, can rise up and us as consumers really need to support particularly those small and medium-sized businesses uh, so that once the pandemic is over, um, we can rise up as a as a community and as a country again. Um, just a last question, Vijay. What are you doing personally to keep yourself, you know, motivated so that you could uh, continue that high service level of uh, delivery for your clients? Oh, cool. that's a great question. Um, I'm doing a lot of things. Um, I recently ran into something called Cosmic Yoga. And then that led me to something called HIIT training, and I've been doing that at home. Um, I lost about uh, 6.5 kgs. Wow. <laughs> I'm a totally chubby guy, so it may not really reflect when you see me now. <laughs> yeah. so I've been doing things like that, yes, yeah. Wow, well, you know, <clears throat> keep it up. Um, keep up the amazing work with the program. Uh, We'd love to hear how the participants are doing in the program as you progress um, as the weeks uh, in the weeks to come. And uh, I hope you take care of yourself as well. And thank you so much for joining us. You really provided insight into this, you know, area of uh, business ownership. And um, you know, like I said, hopefully we will um, continue to support our clients, and they'll be able to really come out of this uh, with strong business ideas and. Uh, be able to launch it, um, you know, once the once the COVID nineteen pandemic is, uh, you know, over. <laughs> Rightly said, Sampada. We will definitely overcome, and I look forward to talking with you again on another session. Thank you so much for your valuable time. Stay Thank healthy. You. Stay safe. Thank you. You too. Take care.